0: Rebuild your life from a place of embodied listening and quiet knowing. To learn more and register for this live stream, go to eomega.org slash thrive.
1: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase.
0: That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Are you ready to create a life that's intentional and dynamic? Welcome to The Intentional Spirit with your host, Reverend Temple Hayes.
1: Welcome everyone and thank you so much for being with us. As I like to say, to remind myself and all of us listening, tuning in either now or later, that it, it takes a, a really brave and courageous person to be intentional. An intentional person is someone that's not waiting for the world to change and not waiting until they have a uh, an opening in their calendar. An intentional spirit is someone that keeps walking in the direction that is being pulled by their soul, a person that continues to allow themselves to be uh, engaged and involved, and you know, often be authors, such as the case today. We have the wonderful Linda Martella Whitsett and her incredible, beautiful daughter Alicia with us, and we're talking about their new book, This Life is Yours. Welcome to the show, and thank you for being
2: here. It's a thrill to be with you today, Temple, and for everyone who's listening.
1: I Absolutely, and um, I would love for you to, uh, because often we have people listening that, you know, are thinking about being an author and thinking about, you know, putting their name out there in some form or some way, and um, how did this come about with the with the two of you? Well, I'll start by
2: just saying that uh, I had been being pressed by my publisher, Hampton Roads Publishing Company, to uh, to write a third book, uh, and and I in my first year of serving Silent Unity at Unity Headquarters, I just didn't have any space, <clears throat> you know, in in my calendar or in my head really to think about it. But as time went on, I thought, well, the really the biggest number one reason people ask for prayer support or spiritual support of any kind is for some kind of healing. And so this became really a consuming thought in my mind, and I started to develop some ideas, some themes uh, were emerging. and I shared them with Alicia. One day, I started to get really excited about the possibilities, and um, I watched her facial expression as I was talking to her, and I'm going to let her finish because she she then took it from there. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yeah, I I was just so inspired and in tune with the message that my mom was going to be sharing with the world. And I had just come off of, what, two years of really dedicated time uh, healing, spiritually, healing physically. Uh, So it was on my radar, and I just started contributing thoughts, and um, I guess it it probably just came off as a, a running page of things that she needed to include in this book. And then she said, "Well, do you want to write the book with me?" So um, that's that's really how it started, uh, and and became a, a pretty great working relationship uh, outside of mother and daughter.
1: <laughs> oh, it's really uh, it's, it's just it's just beautiful, and and all of you, we uh, you can go to the letters. You are dash com, And you can actually watch a video of the two of them together. They, they, uh, they look like they're, you know, headed to become actresses at some point as well. So we'll see how that unfolds. And we can remember the early days of when they first started with this, with this book. Well, I, um, was really tuned in and turned on about this book because, uh, something that I've been evolving and kind of chewing on, if you will, for a long time is that, and and, you know, many people have said it different ways, but it's like, you know, when you come to realize that the world is not broken and we are not broken, and yet we are trained or programmed in our society that we're broken, because if we're broken, then we buy products. We can be herded in certain directions we are more vulnerable and you know things like that and i i love the book this life is yours because just the title is like a wake-up call you know this life is yours you know and um and when we look at you know myrtle fillmore thank heavens that she knew that in in within her being of what she believed about life that she was whole because we wouldn't be on uh, unity right now we wouldn't be doing we wouldn't be doing what we're doing if she hadn't come from that mm. way right mm. yeah, and it is really you
2: you're so right that we have been given this as a fundamental message about our identity uh, and it's just a false it's just a false reality, this idea that were broken that something could be missing, wrong, or broken about us, uh, and really, even world religions have sprung up a- a- in some ways to try to address that that issue, and have, in some ways, un- probably, I'm sure, unintentionally, have kind of um, fomented that idea, kept it kept it spinning. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, when you're a child in certain levels of religiosity, and you you're told you are a, an original sin and all those kind of things, that's a lot to grasp when you're, you know, five and six years old to say the to say the least. So, um, the passion that both of you were feeling together would be um, an awareness, and awakening for people to come from more of this place of, of, of power of being empowered um, why don't one of you or both of you talk about when you think of this vision as someone that is proud to be a human being what what power and and the inner power what that what that's about
3: oh wow okay I can take this I, I think you know we were talking about all of the the rules and the, the kind of guidelines that society, society presents to us and i i mean i can speak for myself and probably for my mom as well that we just don't want to play by those rules <laughs> um never really have and there had to be a way for me while while dealing with chronic illness things that were happening in my body that i couldn't just ignore but i had to find a way to to kind of claim my power in that and and say, yes this is happening but this is not the whole of who i am so it was an opportunity to to look back look at those moments in my life where i felt like my shiniest best self and what did that look like what was going on at that time so it was really about processing uh learning about myself and becoming empowered to say this is who i am this is this is all parts of me and nothing's wrong. Nothing's wrong with that. Uh, we're hearing more people be able to talk about mental health and and things that we just never really quite talked about as a society before. And and that is the empowerment that being able to share what we're really dealing with in our lives.
1: Oh, absolutely. And I I I, I trust that. You know, people heard, you know, the way that you language that because it's um, as as your mom will tell you in our work, um, people misunderstand, I think, um, what our theology is, meaning what we believe about the principles and what what we teach is what I what I heard you say in the way that you said it is I realized that I was having this as an experience but I am the totality of me is not that experience, and I can put effort into changing the experience over time or instantaneously, but you're not saying, "Oh, this experience is never happening." And I think that that's a deep <laughs> misunderstanding about our teaching yeah. is that people say, "Well, we're not supposed to say we're we're having this, I'm being negative. It's like, <laughs> no, I'm being like a real person." in a real human suit, (laughs) and to address something and acknowledge it simply means that it is something that is happening. I don't have to pull it in my gut. I don't have to pull it in my solar plexus, but it's definitely something that's real so that I can move forward to that coming over or overcoming it, and that's that's really what it's all about, isn't it?
2: Yeah, Temple, you're really speaking to us. I mean, this in this book, we really made a very definite, intentional point of of kind of dispelling the mythology of what's come to be called spiritual bypass or malpractice, right? Yes. This idea of saying what's going on in your stinking thinking that you created this thing in your life, and I mean, Alicia will tell you that you know, being raised in in Unity and as a, a Y-O-U or as a teenager. Her, some of some of the some of the former y o have been together uh in a, in a an, a weekend event, and they were talking about this how the interpretation that they sort of internalized about mm-hmm. the power of our minds is is more about how we 're supposed to never talk about something bad happening, and I just find that a sorrowful um thought that 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 's the message that we gave unintentionally um and we're correcting that now. We're reminding people that it, it's it's important to acknowledge the facts and even your feelings of what's going on. Um, but
1: that's not the end of the story. That's all. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. I mean, it, it, exactly. And and for me, the only way I could explain it to myself in discernment, to conceptually and 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 in my heart, understand it is I. I just uh, made the assumption that um, a lot of our early folks came from traditional religiosity, with that fundamental core of something's wrong, feel guilty, and you you did something, and you're not in favor of a higher power you've done something and either if, if, if God doesn't get you from the judge book, then the devil already has. So I just figured (laughs) that a lot of that came, you know, washing over, uh, to a place of, you know, making these identifications, um, in a way that, that really, um, it dismisses our, our humanity, you know, and I, I feel I was fortunate that I had strong teachers early on you know my my teacher would say uh you can you can spend years of your life trying to figure out why you got that headache or you could just go take a couple of aspirins and be done with it <laughs> you know uh, my- i don't know linda if you were at I, I know you've been to many conventions and with travel things i i haven't been to as many but were you there in phoenix when a when a native elder came from one of the tra- tribes, I think like in Flagstaff or something, and he said that in that tribe they didn't even teach people the word why. Did you hear that? Were you there? I was there. I'm not. I'm not recalling that specific
2: moment, but I, I love that. You know, we address that question why in in the book, and like you, we conclude that. That question, why you know, really leads us to self-blame. First of all, we either blame God or we blame ourselves, <laughs> and mm-hmm. and neither of those things are fruitful for us. And so, you know, we take a fresh look at the law of attraction and the law, what we call in Unity, the law of mind or the law of mind action, to really kind of pull that apart and dispel some of the um, the the unfortunate. Kind of interpretations of it that are pretty comp uh, that are pretty popular you
1: know absolutely i I am so glad that the two of you are addressing this because it's been it's been due a while I mean many of us are out in the field you know teaching these kind of things, but it's very powerful that you have you know created this essence of a of a book in in this way and um would you would you say that did did either one of you have an epiphany from your connection with each other in certain subject matters that you are addressing
3: <laughs>
1: oh several <laughs> several good well we we've got plenty <laughs> of time <laughs> Ever evolving
3: you know just just as this um, just as this healing happens over and over again so does our understanding and I- expansion of our relationship as mother and daughter um, you know we, we we dealt with some pretty tough <laughs> tough things that have happened in both of our lives that we had to bring up and, and really dig into to write this book and so it, it led to uncomfortable conversations, feelings, um, and I think that we gave each other a lot of room to process those feelings as we needed to individually, but also together just to sit down and talk about those experiences. And it's expanded even beyond just the two of us, you know, we're having those conversations with my brother, with my dad, with, with extended family members and friends, so it's, it's really uh, just kind of opened up the pathways of communication, at least in my mind.
2: Boy, oh, my you dad. know, you're so right I on did. about that, Alish. What and, about you, Miss Linda? Yeah, for yeah. me, um, um, you know, there, it, you know, we've had we've had a pretty solid and strong relationship, <clears throat> anyway. But um, you know, to become co-authors, there was a Place where we had to have a different kind of relationship, a professionalized part of our relationship, for uh, the mutuality and the respect, the mutual respect for each of our own styles of approaching this book and writing and our own contributions to it, um, you know, our own pace and 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 full, uh, style and that sort of thing. So all of that was part of it as well. But I with I'm with Alicia in that. The deeper emotional kind of releases that were possible as we encountered, you know, parts of our shared history that we didn't know about each other, for example, and um, places where we intersected. And frankly, you, you know, those who, anyone who's read my other two books knows that I write a lot of what is personal. You know, I use my personal life experience as teaching. Part of the teaching, and we did that exact same thing in here. In fact, it's kind of raw in some places because of that, um, because it is a book about healing. Um, but we see that as a strength. I mean, I think we feel—I feel absolutely triumphant in being able to be that um, clear and un, no longer have these things kind of under the surface. They're they're brought out into the light of day, and that's where healing really happens. Um, so for me, it's just been a joyful thing, and it's wonderful to see Alicia take her place as a messenger of important spiritual
1: truths. Mm. Yeah, that's powerful. It's so it's so beautiful to hear your you know your um, ebb and flow and you know that, and I think that that also is you know, a reflection of today's times. It's like, you know, um, as I was saying the other day, for those of you that long to be a mystic, well, now you are. (laughs) (laughs) Because this is the most mysterious time that we've ever lived in the, what we don't know for sure, and what it's gonna look like, right? And so we are having an opportunity to live on those real tiny, thin branches. Uh, for sure. And that's the beauty of your work here is it's timeless. You know, I I love books that are timeless, that they, wherever you are, whatever's happened, you know, um, you can still use, you are using this material to develop your core. And I, I think that's sometimes what's so important for people to grasp spiritually Is your you know our blood? If you work with a microscopist that does the blood, does your live blood test? They can tell you incrementally within every ten years what has happened to you. Have you ever become aware of that? Either one of you that they there's people that do that with live blood testing. I've had it done, and the guy said to me, uh, "You have a thing in your shoulder, and it happened when you were 24." And you have this thing that happened when you were young on your, well, I'm still young, but it happened with your knee um, and you had some anger around it. And I said, yeah, my grandfather ran over me on the way to take me to church. And he saw that (laughs) in my blood. Okay. In my blood. Okay. He didn't know anything about me. Um, And it's likened to that same way as a tree that you can measure the tree uh, trunk and see all the weather and the things have occurred and you know all of that and the work you're doing is talking about the impact of this life is yours and be empowered about it you know get ahead of it be proactive instead of instead of reactive for those of you that are just tuning in we're talking to linda martell at witsit and her daughter alicia and linda reverend linda of Unity has written a number of books and her daughter has joined her in this one. And you can go to the website with the letters UR, the letter UR, dash divine.com and find out all about them and how to how to stay in touch. So um, yeah, measuring that core and creating that that sense about your well-being and just becoming more conscious about it. But there was something that one of you said earlier that you know it it sometimes surprises me when we talk about infinity and we talk about you know new thought and we believe that you know we're here many lifetimes when we try to put things in a box about this particular time you know what i mean because we're still influenced by so many factors other than what you were talking about with the the spiritual mind malpractice. There's so much, such a broader way to live than staying in that one one window.
2: Yeah, we we really write about the the value of our story. You know, like 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 reflecting on our own past as we know it, reflecting on our on the different things that really impact us, our own feelings, which of course change. And we, we remind uh, – I'm reminded just from my own work on on my own uh, healing healing um, of things is that, you know, feeling the feelings isn't something that we try to deny or, or let go of because the feelings are messengers and they have a message for us and they have a purpose, in other words. Um, we don't have to eradicate them, but we certainly don't want them to lead us either, <laughs> the feelings – are not leader leaders. They're followers or they're they're messengers, but not directors. Um, and th- that's just um, one of the many influences, though. And these things happen, of course, unconsciously. The impact that uh, you know that our previous experience has on us, the impact of the world around us, the collective consciousness, thought processes, our own religious upbringing. I mean, you know, right here in this single lifetime, let alone whatever other experience you might have had in the timeless uh, aspects of eternity, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. It, we're so multi dimensional, and I find that very exciting, you know, uh, of learning something new every day. I mean, I, I say every day that when I stop being a student, I. I don't need to be talking out loud to people in a public forum, that's for sure. Because I just learn, you know, all the all the time. I can remember being in Brazil, you know, going before a healer, and I had just gone and got a physical. I think I've had like four in my whole lifetime because it's not really something I do. But, um, but I had just had a physical, and they said I was the healthiest client, uh, you know, patient they have. And I get before this healer, and, you know, he says, operation. I'm like, operation? (laughs) What are you talking about? That Diane Scribner-Clevenger was behind me. And I said, well, I didn't think I had anything wrong with me. She said, you're going to learn what is right with you. And I just, you know, just that little shift, just that little multidimensional way of, oh, yeah. (laughs) You know, it just changes changes everything. And, And what I'm getting and what I hear is that's what this book is going to do For the people that are willing to make an investment within themselves to understand the deepening of what it means that, you know, this life is yours, is that they're going to work with having the ability to reframe some things that, and I think that's the thing that, you know, when we let go of that, it's supposed to be hard, that it can be one sentence and it can change your life forever.
3: Uh that's exactly it temple I, I was just thinking you know I with the blood back to going back to that um, I didn't have that kind of testing with blood but mom do you remember what that testing was I did that they hooked you up to the electrodes and uh, I don't remember what that was called but the uh, biofeedback the bio feedback, tested, the bio, yes, yes, the yes. bio biofeedback yeah. thank you yeah. Mm-hmm. I had such a powerful experience with that because, again, I'm sitting in this mindset of this is chronic illness. This is something that I can't be changed, and I have to figure out how to navigate for the rest of my life. And sitting through one of those sessions, and she's reading me back what actually what my body is saying. And my body is saying I'm a healthy person. Like, talk about that for affirmation and it changed everything it changed everything because <laughs> a lot of what's going in on in my body it's not health related it's trauma related uh-huh. so once uh-huh. once i'm able to break through that and 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 revisit myself at those times in my life because they ask questions like I, I have i'm showing a lot of um pain or something coming up with your dad around the age of twelve to fifteen and you're like, hmm <laughs> let's process that. Let's unpack that a little bit. But it was just it felt so freeing. And that's that's what it is now. It's just everything in my life feels open to exploring what's going on, but not sitting with that with that pain and that feeling of lack that I had held on to for so long.
1: That's so I remember powerful, that. Alicia. That's yeah, right. We use, that. a, we use a we use Velcro for products. We don't use Velcro on ourselves, do we? Everyone, we're tuning in to talking about the book, This Life is Yours. I love it when you tune in with us, and we'll be right back after this short break.
0: Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to The Intentional Spirit with Reverend Temple Hayes.
1: And welcome back, everybody. And I'm so glad you're here. And it's, it's just always a pleasure to, to serve you. On behalf of unity and on behalf of uh, great wisdom and knowledge in the world today that we're able to feature um, such great people such as today. Um, I do want to remind you that uh, you can go to firstunity.org or templehaze.com and learn more about what we're doing and what we're up to and the kind of summits that we're involved in that in some cases and retreats that include Unity Village, as well as we have programs where we really teach and integrate true spiritual leadership. So love to have you check that out. And all that information is on on the website. And so today we're talking with um, Linda Witsit and her daughter Alicia, who have come up with this amazing idea that kind of unraveled in their own consciousness and in their heart. The book called This Life is Yours. You can go to the website with the letters UR-Divine.com, and find out more about the book, and there's uh, workbooks with the other books that uh, Linda has done, so just a a great place to to shop and experience and be committed to yourself. Now's the time, as a mystic, uh, to step in front of things and be proactive about your life, so I just uh, love having the two of you, and I think it would be fun for the two of you to ping-pong back and forth and and tell us more about uh, this wonderful journey and project that you've been on um, as uh, a mother-daughter and, in addition to that, uh, people with wisdom.
2: Mm.
1: Well, we're happy
2: to do that. You know, I think what we might start, Alicia, is just defining what we mean by healing and wholeness because these are huge you know huge uh, themes in the book and it might be helpful to understand exactly how we understand healing and wholeness right so what would you say about healing
3: well so the biggest thing for me about healing where we're coming from is taking the shift off of the fact that healing is is a journey that we're going on uh we use that word and i it just doesn't quite fit well with me because when you're journeying you're expecting that there's a place you're getting to right and and healing is not that there's no destination there's no end point so it's an ongoing um ongoing awakening to the wholeness that we have always been
2: yeah, and I can hear. I can just imagine somebody listening, thinking to themselves, "Oh,
3: you mean this is forever? Well, it's just as forever. <laughs> like
2: brushing your teeth every day is forever, right? I mean, it's it's it doesn't have to be a big deal. It's just that healing is something. There's always something that uh, you know. There's always something going on with us, right? When we have a twitch or feeling of. Like I don't feel at ease with myself today. What's that about? You know, that's yeah. we call that healing. And there's really there's no kind of hierarchy of healing if you think about it, right? Um,
3: yeah, there's you that. know, and, and it's <laughs> also taking out the taking out the judgment that we place on ourselves for saying, "Why is this coming up for me again?" Well, it's coming up for you again because you're evolving and your understanding of yourself changes with within that. So to take away that criticism that we have that, man, I, I thought I was over this. <laughs> well, right, I mean, right. it's, it's not going to happen. This is a, That's a human condition, right, that we're, we're here and we're going to continue to learn until we're no longer here. Yeah, and when we've gotten this one thing figured out, there'll be something
2: else next, right? I mean, there's just always – Absolutely. And that's just really
3: indicative
2: of an alive – Person, because being alive, the power of divine life is a forward, onward, upward thrust of of evolution. And so, uh, congratulations if you're healing. (laughs) Right? That's that's what that's what's going on here. And and we also try to define healing as things like well being, right? Or wholeness is wholeness is a state of well being. Uh, wholeness is that eternalness of us, that part of us that cannot be damaged, cannot be diminished right or can, or cannot die, even that of us that spirit of us is our wholeness and and we like to define healing as awakening to the fact that we can be in a state of well being that we are free, you know free from from this thought that. Uh, that we should be able to accomplish it once and for all, for example. <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah. Yeah. So, I, anyway, I also so- love, yeah, I, I was going to say, I also love that um, the aspects of healing that we also discussed early on in the book. And healing is nurturing. Like, I would say if you're going to start anywhere, it's with that attention to self. And it's it's almost that unapologetic devotion to to being well, to being one with your divine and your human nature and knowing that those can mm. coexist and that they need to coexist, right? Um, yes. And I, I, just, yes. I just feel like it's such a such a powerful thing, a powerful breakthrough moment for people who, who are not naturally self-nurturers. They're the people that take care of everyone else. Well, what are you doing to take care of yourself? It has to start with self.
2: Yeah, yeah. You know, I love the words you use, that devotion, the devotion to nurturing yourself. Just, I'm hoping that if you're listening, that that really touches a spot in you, to devoting yourself to nurturing yourself. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: You know, it just Mm -hmm. really moves me, even as you said it.
3: (laughs) What are are some of the ways that we do that, Mom? What are some of the ways that we... um, share in this book about how you can devote to not only a spiritual practice, but devote to intentional living every day.
2: Well, we teach about the power of our minds first, you know, and and then when we start to get to grasp what some of those powers of our mind are, then we can put them into action. So if you're familiar with the 12 powers as unity teaches them, an entire chapter in this book is devoted to one power after the other. And, and we have beautiful stories of of our, our own stories and stories of some of our loved ones and stories from uh, the world around us that give illustrations of how we can nurture our spiritual capacities. And just think about that. I mean, it's to be able to recognize that um, strength, for example, is natural to me, that I can choose to stand strong even as, my, even as my diagnosis might shift or even as my circumstances might swirl around me, right? Even as things out of my control um, are happening, I am in control of my capacity to stand sturdy, Right, to not waver in my knowledge of my wholeness, for example,, Oh,
3: well, I love that yeah, this is my this is my favorite chapter. I mean, if we had to say we had a favorite chapter, this is it because it it's it's the reinforcement of everything that we're sharing, you know and and doing it through stories of people that don't necessarily show just the triumph at the end right again we're not ending this is this is a continuation um continuation that we're going to be going on so i i love that some of the stories that that i shared in here were from earlier experiences in my life and to look back now and see where i've come from that moment you know even in my understanding and reflection back on those things uh, and to know that it that it wasn't all neat nice and pretty, and it didn't all fit in this little box that we like to, to make it fit, you know, um, it's it's just mm-hmm. it's practical, but it also has a lot of of heart. I feel because you can compare it to your own experiences.
2: Oh man, yeah, they're very uh, our experiences and those of others that we wrote about are very relatable, even if they're not identical to your own experience. They're relatable as human experiences. And the thing that I really love what you said here, Alicia, that we do not wrap this all up in a tidy little package and say, here, if you read this book and do this step-by-step-by-step thing, you'll be all cured and all well for all time. That's not what this is about. This is a book about learning to care for yourself and and to find your inner capacities Every day to be able to live in the midst of things that are going on with you without being undone by those things That's that's power. That is real power We have the power as as Charles Fillmore co-founder of unity taught it It's called the pivotal power of our consciousness And that simply means to us and as we teach it in the book. It means that we're both human and spiritual we have these these uh, and, and te- uh, you know temple mentioned you mentioned this early on that we're multidimensional that we're there's more to us than what we appear to be and that human and spiritual of us means that we have a capacity greater than what we see with our own eyes or experience with our own five senses and when we can begin to tune into that through some kind of daily practice, we, we have what we call the pivotal power, and that is the power to be able to take direction, not from the external things that are going on in our life, like to look out at what's happening and saying, that's what my life is about, but instead to turn our attention to the ineffable of us, the mystic, mystical of us, and to be able to say, my life this is also my life. This is where where I can gain the strengths and the capacities um, that I'm going to need.
3: Yeah, I love that. So, Alicia, why that. don't you introduce? Yeah, introduce
2: the practices yeah. that
3: support that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was just gonna say that. What 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 um, <laughs> the chapters we have in here? Is it's an A to Z list of intentional actions that you can do, and and the importance of it is really that you have a choice you know we want people to feel empowered to say this is what works for me this is what doesn't work for me there might be other things in that we haven't even thought about or that we didn't include that feel life-affirming to you Um, and it's kind of just taking a step away from whatever that whatever's happening in that moment that whether it's pain in your body, whether it's um, financial troubles. I, I mean, just name, name something, anything really. And you want to break up that negative or repetitive thinking that you have about that circumstance and choose to shift and do that pivotal shift to something that's really going to um, bring life back into your body and bring bring awareness and um I don't know, it just feels like it feels like tingly and exciting to, to be thinking about something else. So in this section, um, I mean, we're talking about things that are as simple as chanting or uh, doing a sitting in meditation, but it's 15 minutes, 15 minutes of daily intentional practice. And I think, you know, one of the things I always like to share about this chapter uh, that we were also really proud of is that nothing in here requires that you go out and purchase something uh everything that is included requires either nothing or something that would be really accessible to anyone in any situation so whether you are in bed and can't move your body there's still ways for you to bring these activities and and modify them the way you need them to be so that was something i really loved about this chapter
2: yeah I agree. I I love that about it too. There's in the whole alphabet of practices, there are at least a handful of things that any any one of us would find um, that we might practice and find supportive, and they are such simple things, but they run the gamut. Um, and here's the thing that I like to say about the 15 minutes: it's long enough to interrupt that cycle of of um, sometimes swirling thoughts, right? That thought process. Of, yeah. You know, well, the doctor says I'm never going to, never, this is never going to get better, or, you know, whatever that refrain is, or, or whatever, you know, whatever that uh, sort of the, the focus of attention has been, we break that, literally break that, by turning our minds to something that stimulates our knowledge of our wholeness. And that's what these mm-hmm. practices all are designed to do, to get us to feeling more alive rather than half dead, <laughs> so to speak, yeah. right?
3: <laughs> and, uh,
2: and, and when we do that repeatedly, a little bit every day, 15 minutes is long enough to break that, that vibrational um, connection to those repetitive thought processes and literally flood our systems with feel-good chemicals that stimulate the very healing that we're after. So these are just not anything very small. These are really really big deals. Every single one of these these actions are yeah. really supportive. Yeah. It's
3: it's a big it's a big um a big deal but it's masked as something that's just so simple, something so effortless. <laughs> you know, like last week yeah. we had this beautiful rain that happened And I'm fortunate enough to work from home right now. So I saw that the rain was starting and I went out on my patio and I I tend to do, um, you know, 15 minutes, uh, take my breaks at work and spend it outside anyway. But being outside and closing my eyes and just listening to the rainfall was so restorative for me. And I came back and I just, you did it. You feel tingly. You feel, you feel the energy. You feel life. You feel vibration of life. Um, and it, That's beautiful. It, it has to be intentional in the sense that I don't have to do that every day. I don't have to go outside every day, but what am I doing to fill myself up? What good, what good can I bring into my life by what I'm choosing to do? That's the only way to think about it.
2: Yes. I love that. And I'll say for me, just as an example for me, one of the things that I've been doing recently is before I go to sleep at night, I sit up upright in a meditation position in my bed and I'm doing alternate alternate nostril breathing. It's a yoga practice that's real easy to learn uh, even online. You can find a YouTube about it or read about it even. Um, but just alternate alternate nostril breathing. You know, I've had I've got a lot going on between the book and my full-time work and then uh, we're relocating. So there's a lot of packing and a lot of hurry up and wait going on and these kinds of things. So I can find my mind is just really churning. My thoughts are busy uh, at night and so this has been a very valuable practice to help me to fall asleep gently and rest well. It's just that 15 minutes of slowed breathing alternate nostril. It's so beautiful and such a simple practice. Again, all I need is my own body
3: <laughs> to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. You just yeah. brought up um, waiting, Mom. You just brought up waiting, which I think was another uh, part of our book that uh, was kind of different uh, in terms of what are we waiting for? How, what's the benefit of waiting? All of that. Can you kind of talk about that?
2: Oh, my. Yeah, we're given so many mixed messages about waiting, aren't we? We're, we're told, you know, to hurry up and wait. We're told to, uh, you know, why why wait? Just just dive in. I mean, there's just so many contrary and, and um, confusing sets of messages. But we try to propose um, if you're in a period of waiting, and that, that could be just as simple as you're waiting for more information, you know, right? If you've had some tests mm-hmm. done and you're waiting for those for the results of those tests or, you know, you're, you're, you're waiting to get a signal um, in order to make a decision. I mean, there's just so many points uh, where we're needing to just be still and wait. And we like to propose that waiting is not a passive time. It's a time of, of being so centered within our own uh, minds. You know, Temple, your show is about intentionality. That's what happens in in waiting. It's a time of intentionality to know what it is, not not necessarily even specifically a particular outcome, but we know that which we are after in a sort of a broad way. And as we just kind of rest into that and just into the trust that the universe is a benevolent field, (laughs) a field of benevolence is the way I think about it, where, you know, nothing is is set up for our harm everything is for our good and uh you know we start to we start to enter into that kind of energy in a time of waiting but we're also preparing this is a time where our power of imagination can come alive and we can begin to envision what life is like when this thing we're waiting on is fulfilled and we begin to step into it energetically, even beforehand. There's so much power in the wake.
3: <laughs> oh, oh, it's so good. And, and that time is now. This is, this is happening now. It's been happening through this, this entire COVID pandemic. This is that waiting time. And I think that uh, people, are, people are looking now to, to say, okay, I've been at home for this past year. I have it. These are the things that I'm missing out on. Well, what are the things you've gained during this time? Because it's been such a time of reflection and and change for people, and it's really brought to the surface. What do I want? What are my greatest desires? What am I doing yeah. now that's helping me get there? And what do I maybe need to ditch? <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Me, it's, yeah. Ah, it's, oh, it's been such a powerful time of spiritual growth. Um, And people making really big moves, and it's exciting and scary, and we're all sort of doing it. There's this collective energy of that.
2: Boy, I wonder. You know, this is something. If we have just another minute, um, Temple, we sure do.
1: Absolutely, you sure do. Of course. (laughs) Yeah, you have a couple, three actually, or more. Good, good, good.
2: Well, we include in this book a series of affirmations. Uh, at the end of each section, that, so so at the end of the section about waiting, uh, we have an affirmation that is specific to honor your waiting. So I thought if I'd love to read this uh, this affirmation to those of you who are listening, so you can see if this has some value for you. And it's just one of 20 some affirmations in the book to honor your waiting. I am not thwarted by hysterical imaginings. I am a deliberate creator. I master my ability to wait gracefully while at the edge of my seat in positive expectancy. My twin capacities of stillness and action are not in conflict or competition. I have room for each in turn. I sense and respond to each in turn i sit with desire remaining still i dance with desire readying myself waiting is not missing out procrastinating or settling rather waiting is my time devoted to wondrous desirable possibilities
1: wow well, that that is very wow. powerful, and um, just it just hits well, it right in there, doesn't it? I mean, and, you know, often, I mean, it's words, and words have these powers that we make an agreement to give them, right? And um, I, I always love what Joan Vernacinco said, that there's a space between the no longer and the not yet. And... <laughs> That's a powerful space. It is. That's a powerful space. And I agree with you, Alicia. I don't know of a time where so many people have just, and I'm talking obviously people I know, have decided to pick up and relocate and and change their whole life uh, during this time that they've been in a, if you will, forced timeout or uh, something that, was forced upon us to change our everyday habits. It's been really cool watching people, um, even your mom. <laughs> you know, just oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to just move now, and I'm going here. I think it's really cool. Yeah, it's
3: it's allowing. We're allowing ourselves to to really just be in the moment. But it's not. It's not just like, oh, I'm just going to go do this. It is intentional. It's absolutely intentional because you've taken the space, and I love that word, you've taken the space, you've given room to really think about what you want in this life, and mm-hmm. now you're going out and you're creating that. So it's mm-hmm. it's empowerment.
2: It is. It is. Yeah, and yes. I want to say about the affirmations, too, that we really approach affirmations somewhat differently from what um, is very popular, and you might have heard that in, in these affirmations, what we really aim for is what is true right here and now. What capacity can I, can I affirm and, and claim and anchor in for myself so that I'm not affirming, uh, I'm not promising some kind of a future. I'm not kind of predicting an outcome as an affirmation. No, no, no. The affirmations. is what's real and true right now. What is my capacity right here and now? And to me, I find that very important, especially when I am experiencing unwanted conditions, that I find that right in the midst of them, there I have power, that I don't have to wait until some time as those conditions have resolved in order for me to be okay. And that is so important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. All right.
1: So, Temple, I think we're in good shape. Uh, We're in good shape, but uh, sorry, I forgot I muted when my little dog started trying to do the radio show, too. But, um, (laughs) no, I was just going to say, you know, to end this on just a real profound note. Linda, I'm glad you waited to write this book, because had you not waited, Alicia wouldn't be a co-author with you so there you go right. <laughs> right. Oh, what a pleasure i've loved oh. being with you and everyone you can go to the letter you are dot com and find out more of how you can be involved with this great work thank you so much for being with us today
0: Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
2: Do you want to deepen your connection to the divine, speed up your progress on the spiritual path, then tune in to the Spirit Matters Podcast. I'm the host, Philip Goldberg, and I interview experts with wisdom, insight, and practical guidance for every seeker of truth. Spirit Matters on the MindBodySpirit.fm network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Do you have an online course or an event or a book you'd like to promote? We've got the right audience for you. Our listeners love content like the show you just heard. You can reach our engaged audiences by advertising right here on mindbodyspirit.fm, the podcast network, in shows about wellness, self-care, spirituality, angels, and more. Contact info at mindbodyspirit.fm.